Hey there, it's Ali here. Thanks for checking in to create a thriving hypnotherapy business podcast. This podcast is most definitely for you if you are a new or established hypnotherapist who wants to flourish in practice and stay in business. Just so you know, we have a growing Facebook community where you can go for support, sanity, and inspiration. And you can have a look at our shiny website too for up-to-date events, etc. That's the Hypnotherapy Business Club. Check out the show notes for links to those. For now, let's get on with the show. And I am super excited to welcome today um, a very cool person called Lucy Wallington. And today we are talking about all things budgeting and planning. She is the queen of said things plus she's really fun to talk to so hi Lucy hi Ali thank you very much (laughs) Uh, yeah I don't do massive intros because I like to get into it when we kind of get into the into the meat and the meat and veg of the show so rather than me giving this three mile long thing we can get into the stories of how you came about to where you are because I I Okay, Lucy has a cool story about how she got this. She's uh, very, very successful at lots of things. She's fabulous fun. Anyway, let's let's get going. I'll stop fannying around now. Um, yeah. See, that was the bit where I said it doesn't matter if you make mistakes because it's always going to be worse coming from me, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you and your business. Um, how does one end up being a budgeting expert? Well, like all businesses, it's a funny story. I um, I just fell into it by accident, like you do, and I had no intention of doing anything like this. In fact, the very the very thought of the you know the fact that I'm somewhere in the sphere of uh, uh, finance, albeit very much on the outsides looking in, um, you know, is just a hoot. I mean, I failed my math so miserably at school. I thought I would have nothing to do with the subject whatsoever, and here we are, many years later. And I'm doing a load of stuff on budgeting. It's just quite bizarre. I think the the interesting thing is I I started my career as um, in retail. Actually, I've been a retail manager and HR manager mm. all the rest of it for like over thirty years, and I loved it. Um, and coupled with the fact that I <laughs> it's a bit bizarre for most people to understand, but I up until the last sort of three years, I've literally lived on my own as a grown woman uh, for about twenty five years, um, apart from a couple of little adventures with a couple of ex boyfriends. Not at the same time, I might hasten to. <laughs> We don't judge here. No, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but um, I've lived on my own. So, you know, learning how to manage my money was a bit of a baptism of fire, you know, back in my early 20s. I, you know, I had to learn how yeah. to do it. So um, I guess sort of fast forward those 30 years and actually I, I got made redundant from, from a particular place which broke my heart uh, it also kind of terrified me uh like it does when you're made redundant because you, you know you've got to make a quick next step but yeah. one of the next steps I did was um I actually began as a partner with UW so obviously helping people with their bills and um, amalgamate them into one account so they save money and it's also easy to manage and I really like doing that because I like helping people that's what I've always done my whole career um suffice to say sort of going to people's houses or chatting to them over the phone it became apparent that not everybody was particularly au fait with how to manage their money which came as a massive surprise to me did it Luke Luke, that came as a surprise (laughs) to you I guess because if you know if you had to do it yeah then I guess it would. So it was a surprise that most of the population are rubbish at it then. 
Well, I wouldn't go so far as say rubbish, summer rubbish. But you know, it's, it's almost like 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 any life skill, like cooking. All right, I get it. We're not all beautiful cooks, but most of us can rustle up something so that we at least survive. And it just kind of made sense to me that people also knew roughly, you know, how to look after their money. But that's not the case. Mm. Um, so chatting to a lot of people, particularly women, I sort of found a lot of my customers were women, and several of them, um, particularly, um, were living solo for the first time in their adult life. Lives yeah. after a marriage breakdown, for example, or a relationship yeah. breakdown, or having you know having lost a partner, and I found that a really interesting conversation because there's the, quite often there's you know in any relationship you've got one person who you know does one job, another person does another job, um, and invariably you know the finances don't always fall to both partners. You know it's normally one or the other. Yeah. So the promises I had with the partners who had never had anything to do with it. You know, they didn't have to find out about their council tax. They didn't know how to, you know, just didn't know any of this stuff. So it was a real eye opener for me that there is a lack of knowledge out there. So I felt mm. very inspired. And I thought, do you know what? I can do something to help here. Wow. So what is it that you do? I, well, I started off actually just writing blogs. And then I moved on to writing ebooks, and uh, I, I partnered those ebooks with um, spreadsheets, which again is the biggest hilarious thing on the whole planet because I have never necessarily been all, all that great with spreadsheets myself. But this is this is where it got interesting. So throughout my retail career, I learned how to not write them, but certainly how to understand profit and loss reports, no P and L reports, etc. Yeah. For the I was working with um and just to do basic you know day-to-day analysis kpi management that kind of stuff when you're in a corporate sort of role you learn how to do that stuff and it suddenly occurred to me that actually there could be a nicer way to do this stuff so i've always been a pen and paper kind of gal nothing wrong with that you know i've also created those um but spreadsheets are kind of where the power is so if you just imagine that you've literally got your list of things on a bit of paper if that's your comfort level but it just so happens that it's on a screen in front of you um you know if 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 it's all built in that it does the hard work for you all you got to do is tap 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 and put them in like you would with a pen and paper you know write things down mm. there's an inbuilt calculator that gives you the answer that you're looking for and I thought you know there's a lot of spreadsheets out there I mean there are millions of them let's be honest yeah they don't look all that pretty and I'm not saying mine's essentially pretty as in like super girly or anything but it's kind of grown up it's kind of aesthetically pleasing is it if ever they are <laughs> aesthetically yeah. pleasing you know they're not difficult to look at it's not like a, a sea of numbers you know so like yeah, I forget the name of that film now when you've got all the numbers the binary code coming down the screen what's that the matrix matrix <laughs> yeah that's me yeah. it does makes my eyes go all googly yeah. whereas um these ones which I have created and designed and sell um enable you to help yourself when it comes to learning how to budget for your life season and everyone's got different life seasons right you might be new you might be newly buying your first home you might be a complete beginner to budgeting you might be finding yourself and um, getting married or getting divorced or what have you so I, I I create all of these that kind of suit your lifestyle rather than a mathematical style of um yeah. uh of budgeting because there's a lot of budgeting techniques out there that you can learn about um but there's not a lot of how you apply that to your life situation. Sorry, you can hear yeah. my damn dog downstairs. <laughs> I love this. It's like you we can hear yours yours barking and I'm like, geez, they're snoring. Mine was snoring really loudly a while ago. This is real life, people. We yep. we like real life. Is doggy gonna be okay? 
Yeah, he, uh, whilst I was coming up the stairs uh, to join you, he had stolen um, a packet out of the recycling bin, which had contained freshly, well, it was cooked chicken, it wasn't raw chicken, and he was downstairs ripping it to shreds as I came upstairs. I thought, sod it, I'll come back to him later. I'm guessing he's barking because he's finished it and he wants some more. Oh, bless him. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, The thing you were saying about budgeting, I think it is that bit where, you know, and that's why I wanted to talk to you particularly for this, because it's like, you know, we could have talked to an accountant and all of that stuff. But yeah. actually, for most people, when they train as hypnotherapists, they're looking for a life change. Yeah. Um, and obviously life and career and things like that, they're all interconnected. But so somebody who talks about budgets from a more holistic point of view made much more sense to me to talk about. And also because... As hypnotherapists, we tend not to, depending on the place we come from, um, we're not that interested in numbers. Yeah. So if they were overwhelming, yeah. it would be very easy not to do it. So I think it's that really nice thing. Anything that makes it easier to engage with something is not superfluous. It's actually, you know, it might be I've made them look aesthetically pleasing. Well, aesthetically pleasing means that you are at able to concentrate on the bit that's important to you though doesn't it so exactly and numbers scare a lot of people uh, whether yeah. you're a business or not you know you know looking after your money again from business or personal point of view they it can be really frightening because you know you can get yourself into all sorts of trouble if you haven't got a handle on it and it's almost like you put that pressure on yourself um in the first place which also already makes it feel like a very daunting prospect um yeah. and i think the the easier it feels the simpler it looks but the nicer it looks the more user friendly it looks the more you're likely to want to get involved and, and use it um and, and and you know you can actually get you can save so much money um by looking after your money if that makes sense it's not just a case of um doing it for the sake of doing it or you know oh my god there's so much emotions tied up in money isn't there we can probably come on to that but um by not doing a budget you know you're doing yourself a massive disservice because it's like anything else you look after your health in the way that you look after your health be that mental health which obviously is your um, domain and looking after your physical health you know looking after your financial health or your financial well-being is a topic I talk about massively mm. um, and I actually do lots of um actually freelance with a company called Finwell and we talk to corporate employees and we actually have a, um, a service whereby uh, they will buy uh, workshops and one-to-one -one sessions from us um, as a business and we'll go in either in person or over you know Zoom like this and we'll do group workshops we'll do one-to-one uh, guidance sessions with people so they can actually learn how to manage their money there's, there's such a lot to it to be mm. fair it's, it's massively overwhelming as a topic so I'm kind of at foundation level I will help you with your basics your day-to-day -day, your month-to-monthly year-to-year spending habits that kind of stuff um, and then between us all in this group we're able to coach you right the way through to actually getting some you know pension advice all that kind of stuff so yeah. it, it is a bit of a layered process to it all to be fair what do you think stops people getting involved with their budgets and money in the first place I think a lot of it is do you know what I think some of it is they don't know how mm -hmm. the, the, a lot of it is an emotional thing of I don't want to see how much money I haven't got because <laughs> that's scary I'll just yeah. kind of carry on as I am because I think it sort of all works out um and there's a lot of general just a massive lack of knowledge I think so it's knowledge and it's 
And it's skill. How do I apply what I have learned if I am going to listen to something or, or read something? Mm. How do I apply what I've learned into my everyday? And actually, quite as with lots of things in life, you need something or someone to help bridge that gap. It's all very well, for example, reading a recipe, but it's not until you've actually seen the picture that takes you on to that step further of what it's supposed to look like. Um, and actually, yeah. if you can see a, uh, you know, see an actual YouTube video of someone actually making it or watch a cookery program, you think, oh, that's how you do it. That's what that means. And then you can physically apply it yourself. So I think there's a whole a whole host of reasons why people don't necessarily budget. But the biggest reasons are, and uh, from data that we've looked at, is people just aren't confident and they don't know how. Wow. That is interesting. Yes. I mean, I would definitely have put myself in the head in the sand gang for quite a long time. And like you, now it's like I find it quite fun playing with numbers so if I did that then I could do that and how many people would I need to see to do that um and also that whole thing of like uh having a look at where your money's going yeah oh, I remember the first time my friend who was really good with money made me do that it was embarrassing um but it's never been as bad again <laughs> that's that's my first thing that I always remember it's like it's never that bad because you know you're going to be because you already know that you've spent money on ridiculous things you know and if you already know that yeah. then you can't be embarrassed twice about it <laughs> exactly and sometimes when well, you haven't looked at your bank statements for a while and you think I don't want to look I don't want to look you just rip the plaster off and just do it it's never going to be as bad as when you first look at that screen and go <gasps> Oh yes. my God, it's minus what? I had no yes. idea. It happens to everybody. It doesn't matter what 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 job you do. It doesn't matter your intelligence levels. It doesn't matter if you're a you know a CEO of a massive company or what. It doesn't matter. You know, if you've got millions of pounds, you know, it doesn't matter what state you know what sort of state of affairs you're you're in. So many people feel the same way, and I think when you are you know super super you know wealthy, and you've got all sorts of money coming from here and there it can still happen to you if you don't keep your eye on the ball mm. you know it can still go wrong that's why people who have lots of money also have a team of bookkeepers accountants etc etc and businesses obviously have people in place to do exactly that kind of thing but you know as solopreneurs um and you know we manage our own books if you will yes we might give them to an accountant at the end of the year or maybe we see an accountant two or three or four times a year but invariably you're doing the bulk of the hard work yourself mm. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think for most people, um, yeah, you you have to kind of figure it out date on the day to day at least. Even yes. if you are very, even if you've got a bookkeeper, you still got to know, you know, what to give them and things like that. So you've got to know what you almost like you've got to know what you've got to do in order to make it happen. Um, yeah, and I think that's why I will always talk to people on the finance side because it's so powerful for people to get control of it um and as a helping professional often it's the bit that gives it's you know another one of those it gives me the ick so I'm just not going to look at it um but if you nail it it means it gives you sustainability and that's you know again what this is about so very important question because I'm going to frame it up because I just bunged it on there, you know, and we, I kind of sent you over the, the some of the talking points. A lot of people are changing careers. 
when yeah. they come and train as a hypnotherapist or when they're working as a hypnotherapist, there there is that transition period. So I wanted to know how being a little bit more savvy with one's budgeting might help somebody kind of make that leap and what kind of things they should think about when they're thinking about moving, about changing careers. Because for some people, it's just chop change and it's done because they're like redundancy or they were medically retired or something like that. But for other people, and I would say for the majority of people, it's a step change and a slide across. So they're wanting to do something different and they need their budgets to work the whole time. So it's, you know, it's quite complicated. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. And I think my experience of it personally has been when I got made redundant. Uh, actually, no, I'll, I'll backtrack even further. So I was I had a really good um, paid uh, employment with Apple in Blue Water. So I was a manager for Apple, earning really good salary. Um, and after seven years, I thought, you know what, I, I don't want to get to the point where I burn out. I want to work for a retail. It's a bit more grassroots. Uh, and I so I started looking and I found somewhere perfect for me. Um, and it was uh, a 10 grand uh, no, 15 grand pay drop. Wow. So I had to think good and hard about whether I was going to do that or not, as you could imagine. And I could almost liken that to somebody who's clearly changing a, a career path to uh, going into a training for hypnotherapy or any other kind yeah. of training, because clearly your salary, um, certainly for a short or medium term, is going to look very different. Um, and so, so what I did then was what I advocate doing all of the time now, and that's cash flow forecasting. So it sounds very businesslike, and actually, when you translate it to your home, it isn't. It truly isn't. All it means is, is that doing your budget month to month, you do it for twelve months. So you know, so say for example, you're on I don't know fifty grand a year, um, and that's what your income looks like for each month over the course of the twelve months. You've got fifty grand as your your end column. You know, you do all the same for your for your outgoings. Tot it all up, or if it's got a spreadsheet, you know that will do it all for you, and you can see what that comes to. So you can see what margin you've got, what 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 wiggle room you've got, yeah, in your fifty grand salary. So then you can redo that for a significantly lower salary, let's call it 35 grand, and you can think, shit, all right, this is going to change a lot of stuff. You know, where I would normally go out for coffees and lunches, blah, 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 blah. I'm probably going to have to think way more intentionally about the money I spend. Because actually, when you look at it, as long as your needs are covered, you know, your mortgage, your rent, your bills, your food, your car, and you've got some wiggle room and you've got a little bit you can put into savings, et cetera, et cetera. If you know you can be in that sort of, it doesn't have to be survival mode, uh, but it can certainly, you know, a couple of steps ahead of survival mode, you're going to be okay for that six months, for that year, for that 18 months, whatever it might be. Yeah. Then you, you know, to use my my, my nan's old, well, typical old terminology, you've got to cut, cut your cloth. You know, so as long as you know you can manage and survive on that significantly reduced version of an income, then you have made a good decision. You know how to cut your cloth accordingly and what is going to literally have to be off your spending menu. Mm. Um, and you then start to look line by line, real into detail about other things that you can uh, pay less for, whatever that may be. Yeah. What do you think is enjoyable about being more intentional uh, as we're going to put this instead of cutting back? We're going to say more intentional um, (laughs) about your spending. What do you think is the kind of like the hidden joy around that? That's a really, really good one. And 
when you're looking at it from uh, on the other side of redundancy, there is sod all joy in that at all. Mm-hmm. You're already licking your wounds and feeling like crap about yourself. Five times. It, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've stood in this. This is, this is really sad slash embarrassing, but probably very normal. I've stood in the supermarket um, knowing I'd, you know, been made redundant three, four days ago, whatever it was, looking specifically at all the yellow stickered reduced stuff, feeling very sorry for myself, thinking I'm going to have to live off like a manky old ham sandwich and a, of course that wasn't the truth and I, I had to, I had tears in my eyes literally in the middle of Tesco's mm. thinking oh my god this is my life I thought, thought get a grip for a start it isn't your life you are just going to have to be very intentionally very diff, you know behave very differently until you get another job things are going to have to change until you have something else mm. so there wasn't a lot of joy in that process in that moment. However, when you think about it, it's I think there's something quite cathartic about a declutter. So when you're going through your cupboards and your drawers and you have a good old chuck out and you're left with not loads left, but you can see what you've got. You can see the clothes that you've got. You know they still fit you and you know you still love them. It, and, and you've cleaned everything. You think, oh, my God, I feel so much better. And it gives you a real sort of fresh lease of life. And I think it's almost the same when you declutter your finances. You know, you're able to see what you've really and truly got. And it's almost like a little bit of a, if you treat it as a little bit of a personal challenge, you know, mm. you say, okay, so now I'm ha- now I'm going to need to live off X amount compared to X amount for the foreseeable, might be another year, might be two years, whatever it is. Well, I'm going to make this damn well work. You know, I might start growing some veg in the garden. I might start, you know, I might need to downgrade my beautiful car to one that I can actually afford. Instead of it costing me seven grand, it's going to cost me only three. You yeah. know, because there are some things that we love about life. There are things that we amass, don't we? You know, you, you earn more money, you spend more money, you buy a bigger house, a nicer yes. car, or this or that, you go on nicer holidays. Because why wouldn't you want to? Why are you working so bloody hard if you don't enjoy life because of it? But when it gets to the point where you don't have loads of money, and you're having to cut right back. There is also a real pleasure in being back to basics. It's almost just, it's almost like if you listen to your nan's stories and things like that, so, oh, during the war, I know I'm not suggesting it's like being in the war for one second, but it is that sort of mentality of make to amend, which I quite, I, I think is quite refreshing. I have a feeling we are going back in that direction, maybe a little bit. The, make, the whole make do and mend. Um, I remember when yeah. I was, I, I, I love that, that kind of like that fresh feeling you get having decluttered it. I think you're absolutely yeah. right. Going and looking at all those like little bits that snuck in um, yeah. over the years, like, you know, like little bits, you know, like little things that go through PayPal as like the subscriptions and stuff like that, that you hadn't really thought about. And you haven't like looked at your house insurance for four years and maybe you could make them work a little bit harder for it. You know, if like, if you're going to keep my custom, you're going to have to work for it. So that little bit, which makes you feel really good, um, like you have paid attention and it does, there is some pleasure in that. Um, I do remember when I was, um, you know, much younger and it was just Maisie and me and I was kind of like nominally in charge, Um, you know, um, and I do remember I used to call it, you know, we would go buying clothes in charity shops, but I used to call it adventure shopping. Yeah. Um, you know, because you never, and now people, they, you know, they, they're really cool. Like they call it thrifting, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's okay. So it really helps if you're young and really cool because they can basically dress in a paper bag and look adorable. Um, but equally you never know. Um, 
And I think I'm also really keen on this as a subject because I do remember um, the day where Maisie needed a new pair of shoes and we needed to go shopping. And those two things couldn't happen in the same week. So, and I, I remember that day very clearly um, being a really tough day and thinking, oh, this is just, I'm, I'm done with this now. Let, let's have a different version. Equally, you and me are both alive. And I think that's a really nice thing for people to know. It's like you can get into these spaces and get out the other side. Yeah. Um, it's part of why you do those workshops for people, isn't it? Um, it it's a massive part of our mental health. People don't realise how impactful finances are on our um, stress levels and mental health, but they're a huge impact, aren't they? It's enormous, you know, and, you know, you you're talk about this far more eloquently than I ever could, but, you know, there are several areas of our well-being that are clearly as linked as our, you know, our hip bones connected to our knee bone, you know, the skeleton song. You know, our emotional well-being is connected to our mental well-being and our physical well-being and our financial health well-being and our um, um, whatever the other ones are. <laughs> I'm going to forget now. But, you know, you sort of, your feeling of uh, fulfilment, all of those sort of things, yeah. um, and your career and your social aspects, all the rest of it. Um, you know, I think probably most of us can say that we will have worried about money to the extent of it having woken us up in the middle of the night because you're scared you can't afford that bill or you're scared that credit card bill is coming through or you know your boiler's broken which I had many years ago and I literally did not have the money to fix it um you know so I had to get a loan to be able to fix a boiler which I should have had savings for but I didn't I was 28 years old why would I um you know but this is this is just the stuff that you learn isn't it isn't it in life and I think when you as you said you know you will get into these scrapes but as long as you've got the agility and the mental ability and the knowledge to get yourself out of those scrapes then that's just kind of normal living I think the problem happens when if you don't have the ability to for whatever reason or you don't have the knowledge to or you're not feeling very good about yourself you're in that place whereby you know thinking about this sort of stuff just even adds such a burden on your mental health and your strength that day that you just can't you can't think about it Mm. things can get into a bit of a dark place and I I don't want to I guess take that conversation today down that route but you know there are some people you know I noticed there was particularly during lockdown so many adverts on the tv for gambling and for playing bingo online and all the rest of it making it really fun and really sociable while you're locked down is that I thought oh slippery slope to problems there mm. uh, because when you're feeling down you you might want to make more connections and that might be where you want to do it or you want that dopamine hit of um, perhaps you know winning an online game or you know whatever it might be and I think sometimes your money can plug or you can you think it can plug a, a hole that of, of where your emotions are missing a piece yeah. Um, and um, yeah I think that can be quite dangerous but yeah it's, it's kind of like from both angles really you might not have the agility or ability to think about money because you just don't have the knowledge but at the same token you might not feel well enough to be able to do so and so you know both angles can have a real detrimental effect and I think you know when you look at the stats I think a lot of Brits and I'm probably going to get the stats wrong so I won't even attempt to say it but it's a lot of us who are only really sort of two or three paychecks away from being in real problems you know if 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 in three paychecks time we didn't get paid and didn't have any income there would be a lot of problems 
on yeah. our shoulders and yeah. we'd get into debt very, very quickly and worse. So yeah. Yeah. that's, and, and that's obviously only going to exacerbate, you know, your, your stress levels and your anxiety levels. Yeah. All the more reason for budgeting in that longer term. So you can kind of see those things that are coming up and, you know, and have that at least if it's like, at least if it's there and it's captured on paper or in a spreadsheet, it, you know, it's that you've got the tiger by the tail, haven't you? You're like, okay, give, give me an ugly truth, but at least it's there. You're not kind of worrying about it. So again, it's that position of power yeah. that you can then make plans from a really nice foundation or even a not a very nice foundation, but at least you've got it in front of you that you can do it from there. Yeah, I think, you know, money, money is so many things to so many people. And it's such a massive topic. But I think when when you're talking about your life, and, you know, your aspirations, what do you personally want? You know, where are you at the moment? Where have you been? Where do you want to go? Um, And and how does money sort of act as the vehicle to get you there? You know, does it feature Mm. heavily in your life? Does it not feature heavily in your life? It could be that you want to go traveling. Uh, it could be that you want a bigger house. Or, you know, there's all a million and one different variations on the theme of what you want your next sort of three to five years to be about. You know, God willing, it, you know, you're able to make that a reality. Um, so how does money feature? And, you know, how are you going to earn it? And how are you going to, you know, when you work damn hard for it, let's be honest, most of us work bloody hard every single day. Yeah. Um, you know, most of us that don't, don't have uh, businesses of, of any size you know exchange our time for money when you've done that you know when you've got when you're a small business owner you know you don't even sleep <laughs> you work like 100 hours a week if you have to but um anyway you know when you're exchanging your time for money and then you just go and spend it without really thinking about it it's just a, it's a waste of time as well as a waste of money isn't it yeah yeah that's a nice way of thinking about it is you know how much of this time is that so what do people waste money on? Lots of things. Um, I think one of the things, interestingly, what we're talking about at the minute and people are starting to sort of genuinely think differently is, you know, oh, it's only 20 quid. Oh, I'll have that. It's only a tenner. I'll oh, just get it. It's only a fiver. That conversation is starting to shift to, hang on, that's 20 quid. Mm. And I think where people are very much more aware let's face it the news has been horrendous cost of living crisis you know I think you know we call it a cost of living challenge because mentally you need to know that you know we're not in a war zone although it can feel a bit like that at times depending on what your lifestyle is like but you know it's it's reframing how much something is valuable to you and I think the only a five or only a ten of conversations are very much changing particularly in families where you know you take little kids out for the day and they want they want they want oh go on then have that go on then have that it's like oh actually no no let's 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 not just have that and have that and have that so that's one thing I suppose um other things and you mentioned it already and it's just it's wasting money on things that you're so used to paying for that you've just not looked at for a while so if you're example car insurances you know all the usual stuff Mm. Uh, and by spending that little bit of time and it's again back to everything's time and money isn't it you haven't got enough of either usually um but you know spending that little bit of time to 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 look at alternatives you know and you can suddenly be looking at saving 100 quid 200 quid 300 pounds a year 
you know, mm. that's got to be worth an hour sitting at your computer, just making sure that you've gone through line by line all the things that you're regularly paying out for that you could get a better deal on or could get a better um, anything better. On. Yeah. I think one of those things I, I've never subscribed to, and, and I, I'm not knocking it because if it suits you, that's brilliant. But, for example, when I log into my online banking, the first screen that comes up is always them saying, oh, upgrade to a reward account for £15 a month and you get this, this and this and this and this. I'm like, okay, what's well, £15 a month times 12? Well, I don't use that much of those things that it, I, I, I get out of my mm. like you're having that account so I'm not interested in that so it's those sorts of things and there's other subscriptions that seem like a good idea at the time that actually you're not utilizing them you're not using half of what you're paying for if any of it and you've forgotten all about it and it's those little things that always as Tesco says you know for little helps everything always you know there's little things always add up and it mm. is often that you can look at your really expensive things your mortgage your rent all the things and um your car and and make those really big adjustments but when you're looking at the little tiny adjustments they can actually add up just as much as, as some of these big things oh th- because they because it is that it's just like yeah. so you know in my business so canva there's zoom there's yeah. a little bit of iCloud. there's yeah. you know the Calendly. there's all sorts of things yeah there's and there are quite a few and they it does add up yeah um you know, because it's, because it's, and it's that, it's relentless because it's every month, you know, so it's eight pounds here, 15 pounds there. And it's like, oh, we're just putting it up another two pounds, but yeah. then all of your subscription services go up another two pounds and that yeah. sort of thing. So, uh, so I will always review. That's one of my things that I do is I'll sit down and I'll look at my biz, both, you know, both bills just for those sneaky little ones. Yeah. Um, because I know that it's the sneaky little ones that I won't worry about, but they will accumulate because I'll go, oh, I need that for the business. Yep. So, and it's, it's a classic, need that for the business. It's all right, it's for the business, not for me, it's for the business. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good excuse because you're allowed it for the business because it's serious. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I always, that's the first one that I make myself do. And I do, I literally, I do have to, I make myself write it down on a bit of paper. It has to be, it's like handwritten. It's it's quite ritualistic. It might make it somewhere else later, but it gets on, it gets on a bit of paper. So I have to look at it and go almost like, it is almost like decluttering. It's like, does it bring me joy? <laughs> You know. I was just about to say that exact same thing. And you know, at the heart of everything I talk about is do my this is my one of my mums. You know, we'd go out shopping for clothes or whatever. And my mum was always a great shopper. You know, she, we'd be out for hours in blue water, for example. Um, and she always say, Oh, do you, you know, it's need or want, it's need or want. And you know, do you really need it or do you really want it? And if you really want it and you really love it, then just have it, you know, bring yourself some joy. But if it doesn't really fall into either of those categories. Then you've got to really think, why am I spending this money on it? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I can categorically say canvas still brings me joy. Exactly. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those things because it's not, it's one of the more expensive ones. So you have to go, hmm, yeah, let's have a think about that. Um, but yeah. yeah. I'll, just, I'll just do it for three months and then have another look at it in three months. Oh, yeah, I still yeah. want it. <laughs> yeah. And I, but it is, it's like, you want that bit of thing? I'll make that because I can do that in 10 minutes. And actually, yeah, but it, it is. It makes your life easier. Yes, yes. And it's those sorts of things. It, it is, 
what does it do for me and even when I am kind of doing that it's for the business um that one as well so because that's very sneaky so are there any books apps places journals to learn more including you well no there's there's loads and interestingly since I've just been looking at this arena and it's only been two years um it has exploded out there so you know you can just google how do I budget and there'll be a million and one different people and things and stuff that comes up for you um I would some of my favorite things um you've got some classic books for example you've got rich dad poor dad um there's a new one I've just read actually a, a colleague of mine Will Rainey has written a book it's actually for children or oh, to wow. children and it's called grandpa's fortune fables it's obviously a, a, it's a fable book you know and it's it's really really lovely and it teaches younger ones how to manage money but it's it's what i like about it is um although you know in theory what it's talking about there's nothing new for me i loved the phrasing of it and the simplicity of it and i thought god i never thought about it in that way and phrasing it in that way and you know, if I had a young person to read it to, I think I would really enjoy doing so as much as a young person would enjoy reading it. Because this is a really interesting stat. We form our opinions about money from as the early age of seven. So when we're seven years old, we've pretty much got it, what money's all about. We might not understand all the intricacies of it, but interestingly, you form your emotional opinion around money from what your parents have taught you, your lifestyle, whether, you know, if you're if you're if your dad or your mum, you know, is weekly paid and by Thursday night there's no food in the cupboard, but come Friday night you've got food in the cupboard, that sort of feast and famine cycle that you know you might have lived in as a child. But anyway, so this is a really interesting book I would wholeheartedly recommend. Um you've also got um fantastic websites such as moneyhelper.org and that is linked to uh, the government website and there is stacks of stuff on there there are free um uh, downloads uh, and it obviously gives you links to talk to other people and places like step change debt charity we talk about that quite a lot as well you know looking at debt support you know you have to get regulated advice in much the same way as if you're looking at um anything product wise in terms of insurances or mm. um um and mortgages, uh, you know, um, uh, investment products, all that kind of stuff. You've got to speak to somebody who is reg- highly regulated by the FCA, Financial Conduct Authority. But in any case, moneyhelper.org is a really great place to have a look at. Um, and also my website, I'll, I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> and also well, I mean, there is a reason. <laughs> and even I, I really like your community. That's the bit yeah. that I love because it's, you know, it's that great, you know, we can read books, we can read things, but sometimes you just want to pop on and have a little chat or be in a nice space or also if it's something I this is the reason I really love it is because if you want to get better at something you need to hang out around it it can't be something you pick up and put down and come back to six months later so it's almost like you have to build your muscle and a community is a really nice place to do that isn't it yeah and actually I've got an interesting you just reminded me of something that's completely unrelated to money um but for example I love my um, I love my iPhone I love my photography um but I've I've really got out of the um 
I've got out of it of doing nice photography uh, in the last couple of years. But there's a really great guy I've just started following on Instagram and he does some fabulous stuff. But I could have bought a book on photography. I could have read an article on photography. But it's not until you're watching these clips and you, like you say, you're in that community and you're asking questions. How did you alter the light on that? How did you get that angle like that? What are you using as a prop? It's not until you're getting into the nuts and bolts of how do, what are the tricks of the trade, mm. learn better. So, yes, that's made me think of that. So I, I like the way you've you've just phrased that and it is about meeting with like-minded people and knowing that if you have got what you might think is a stupid question it isn't yeah and also could keep that as the because it is a really positive space as well so it's that challenge rather than um crisis although do you want to know like the best thing i heard today i was like this is is no one in that conversation was a millennial but it was so millennial (laughs) because it was it's the cosy lives so it's not the cost oh of living crisis, God. it's lives. So I, mean, no. I love humans. It's like worst thing, possibly existential crisis. Yeah. We're just going to make fun of it. <laughs> it's like, it's, I used to read that thing, I think it was on Facebook, it's like overheard in Waitrose. You know, that almost sounds like a bit like that, doesn't it? Something yeah. you would have overheard somebody say on Waitrose. Yeah. So it did, it absolutely, it, I was like, did you just refer to the cost of living crisis as because he lives? And they went, yeah, it wasn't yeah. mine. I heard it, but it was really good. So I'm keeping it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so um, how can people kind of connect with you? I know they will want to, and I will put really nice detailed links in the show notes. But if somebody wants to go and have a little, um, you know, come find you like right this second, where's the best first place to get hold of you? The easiest place, and certainly to remember, it is budgetingandplanning.co.uk, all one word, budgetingandplanning.co.uk. Um, and all the links to my social media, YouTube, all that kind of stuff is all on there. Plus a load of blogs. I think I'm up to, I'm nearly up to number 70 now. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. So when, how long ago did you start blogging about this? Uh, blogging two years ago. Uh, and the products that are on the website, it was literally a year ago in December. So it's been a bit of a slow burn. Actually, to, to be fair, I did make some products in the first six months of my business, and I hate to the partnership, so I got rid of them all started again. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tantrum uh, a year ago last December. Like, I hate it. I hate it all. I'm shutting it down. And after I got up off the floor, finished sobbing, I thought, well, I won't shut it down. I'll just change it. So that, nice. that's what happens. Yeah. Fabulous. Awesome. Good stuff. (laughs) Right. Well, Lucy, that was amazing. I loved this conversation today because I do think that, you know, becoming a hypnotherapist is life changing. And one of the wonderful things is that that life is, yes, we know we're exchanging our time for money, but the time we spend is usually more enjoyable. Um, so it's almost even more important that we get good at this stuff because we want to keep doing all of this lovely work. So I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. The work you guys do is absolutely unbelievably life-changing. So absolutely hats off to all of you in your industry. Much appreciated. Well, I will see you online, my lovely. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Remember to check out the Facebook community through the link in the show notes. 
And be sure to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts. Especially be sure to follow, rate and review the podcast if you really liked it. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's fine. And be a great friend and share it with your hypnotherapy friends and colleagues. There are enough clients to go around, so let's build everyone up. I'll see you next time on Creative Thriving Hypnotherapy Business Podcast. And let's go change the world.